Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A long weekend of sports. We have a World Series. We've got another week of you rolling your eyes already. We have another week of college football and almost a full week of NFL football. We'll do pitches and catches report. In the books. Good morning, Brian. How are you? I am well. Are you? Doing all right. It was a very good weekend. It was a horrible damn weekend. The weather was beautiful around here. That was about it. Oh, my goodness. College football stinks. As far as my team, baseball stinks. Yeah. As far as my team, other than that, no reason to live. (laughs) Oh, come on. Zero. Zero. Three straight boat days on October. I saw the pictures, man. 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Three straight days out to the beach, out. Fishing one morning. It was just tremendous. Everything Sweet. was great. Great shots. A little video you posted. I, I tell I, you, I, man. I, I don't know how I figured it out. I think it was on Instagram. It was, yes. And, That's right. Yeah. How do you share those things? You can't share them. It's not like Twitter you can share. Yeah. Uh, retweet, you mean? Yeah. yeah re- Instagram? Like, right. I don't know. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure. Right. I, can't I don't do any of that. But. Yeah. Okay. It was beautiful, though. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I, I, I decided to detach my weekend from sports and all of that stuff. And just, uh, you know, take that as what it was. Yeah. And take the beautiful weather and everything else as it was. Go get your mind right. I wasn't going to let the sports or anything else that was happening around yeah. me affect the great weekend. It was a wonderful oh, weekend. Oh, lucky you. Wonderful. Lucky you. And, well, of course, I wasn't a Yankees fan. or a, Why you got to bring that up, man? Or a Longhorn fan. Why you have to bring that up, too? Hey, at least the Cowboys blew out the 49ers. Yeah, you need to quit picking against them. Oh, terrible week of pick. I think I went one and five. Oh, great. Yeah. I think I'm happy you, again. You gained a couple of games. I mean, Sweet. I think. I think you went three and three. I went one and five. Brutal. Three and Disgusting. three. Disgusting. Sucks. And you were right. I, just, I need to quit picking the Giants. <laughs> you always you can't get them right. Either wow, way, they can't get right. Well, you can't get them right though. You pick against them. They cover. You pick them. They don't. Go Giants. <laughs> you can't. You can't get them right. <laughs> what is wrong with that football team? Man, Thought they found themselves at least on the defensive side of the ball. Man, no. I tell you. Um, all right. So last night you had a Super Bowl rematch. And the Atlanta Falcons are not themselves. The New England Patriots are rounding back into themselves once again. But the Atlanta Falcons are not themselves. And they don't have injuries to use that as an excuse any longer. And this Super Bowl loser hangover thing is a real thing. It seems to happen every single year. And back-to-back years now, we'll see where the Falcons end up at the end of the year. But Doesn't happen to the Patriots. No, but they don't lose Super Bowls so generally, right? I'm, I'm talking about Super Bowl loser hangovers. So you know, you and well, they have. They lost a couple to the Giants, of course. Um, but and I and I have to go back and see what ha- what they did in 08 and then 12. But they didn't win Super Bowls after that, certainly. But if you look at the Carolina Panthers after they lost to the Broncos, came back last year, terrible. You look at what the Falcons are doing so far now. You can't really blame them for going up to Foxborough and and losing that game. But what you can look at is this offense now with Julio Jones is not hurt. Muhammad Sanu comes back. 
he's healthy. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't score a touchdown until about, what, five minutes left, four and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're getting shut out. And, and this Patriots defense that's playing a hell of a lot better still shouldn't be shutting out that Atlanta Falcons offense that was so damn good last year. Yeah, I, I would agree. So what is it is the question. And you, the fog only rolled in in the third quarter last night. I couldn't blame the whole thing on the fog, which was an amazing thing to watch on TV. And they used that camera angle that that hanging wire camera angle thing, uh, they used that, which was uh, pretty cool because you couldn't use the normal camera. Uh, but is it Steve Sarkeesian because Mike Shanahan's no longer there? Is it the Super Bowl hangover? Is it teams that figured <laughs> them Shanahan. out? Uh, what I say, Mike? Mike yeah, uh, Kyle Who Shanahan. Um, all that stuff. I mean, what could it possibly be? Because the Falcons should be running away with the NFC with the talent that they have. Well, heading into the fourth quarter, it's been five straight quarters where they were they were held scoreless, as you were just alluding to. And a lot of people are pointing the finger at Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I, I don't know if it, whether or not he has a nice feel for his offensive ammunition over there. But I know this, they're not executing. And I know Matt Ryan missed a couple of throws. I, I know defensively uh, they they were on the field way too long, and you can't have inopportune penalties like Adrian Claiborne. Now you get a picks uh, on, on Brady in the end zone, and and he gets a rough in the passer call that allows the drive to continue, and they ultimately score a touchdown. You can't have those things. You're off the field at that point. You can't be stupid. So I think it's a it's a collection of of errors by everyone involved, from the offense to the defense. And, and and then you, you got Dan Quinn. The first time he went for it on fourth down, I said, "Okay, this is." Uh, I think he was trying to send a message to his football team there in the in the first quarter. You you go for fourth to seven. Matt Ryan's able yeah. to pick it up with his legs. Now the next time near halftime, okay, your defense is winded, dude. Your offense hasn't done a damn thing. You're right there at the you're on your own forty nine. I'm not going for it there. You're down to nothing at the point. I'm not going for that. I'm punting, and, and then let's go to halftime. Let's regroup and come back. We're down ten nothing uh, at the most. And, it's frustration. And yeah. Frustration. Well, I, I just thought that was a back. Oh, so that, that to, to my point about you know this this confluence of of, of events and, and decision making and and penalties and, and not executing on offense. All that leads you to what you had last night. Yeah, and I, I think that the Atlanta Falcons, who and we've talked about this NFC and how it's 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 up for anybody at this point. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons still has some some time to turn it around, but I mean, this is now you know week after week after week where this offense is not showing up, and some of the losses that they've had uh, going to Foxborough was definitely no automatic win on the schedule. But you know, the Dolphins and the Bills at home for the Falcons should be wins for them with the way that they've played. So I mean, I guess. It's tough for me to say that a coordinator change is going to neuter this team and this offense as as much as it's had. But everything else remains the same. I mean, maybe attitude of a team, it is a trend in the NFL when a team comes back after a loss in the Super Bowl, especially the one that they had where maybe the motivation isn't there as much. But if anything, shouldn't it give you a chip on the shoulder? And maybe they think, well, it doesn't matter until we get to the playoffs, so let's just sort of sleepwalk through the regular season. But you know, and maybe it maybe it's all about the the, the team and the offense and, and them not being as comfortable with Sarkeesian. You know, maybe it is that. But uh, they've still got an opportunity at three and three to do some things because, as we said yesterday. We'll see the the team that's supposedly the best in the NFC tonight, and the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Washington Redskins. But 
You got the Rams at five and two. Mm-hmm. You've got the Vikings at five and two. You got the Seahawks, who of course are always there at four and two. But it's not like there's a ton of teams that you really believe in right now at this point in the season in the NFC that you're saying, well, that team's definitely a Super Bowl caliber team. Well, I looked at the Seattle defense and I thought they'd take a hit, especially with Cliff Abril being out, a guy who's coming off his best season, possibly, especially in terms of sacks. A year ago, and now he's out indefinitely with the injury. He's got nerve injury, uh, nerve issues in his hand, his arm. Uh, who knows if he comes back? But they look like the Legion of Boom uh, from from uh, from a couple years ago, uh, where they shut down the, the Giants. Now we've seen the Giants uh, not play so well on the offensive side of the ball, but look like they figured something out going up against that vaunted Denver Broncos defense, and we'll get to Denver after they were shut out. Where go, Anthony Lynn? You should keep that gray, man. Uh, but I, they look great, and and I don't know if this is still the, the same explosive offense. I know it's not. Eddie Lace, I had to take a double look, man, when I saw number 27 out to – who was 27? I didn't look like the, the fat, pudgy, frumpy Eddie Lacy. Uh, but still, I, I'm not a believer in their running game as, as far as on a consistent basis. Uh, but defensively, they looked well uh, yesterday. But I, I'm, I'm still searching for that dominant team. I think I found it in the Philadelphia Eagles, the way they play defense, even with the issues, the injuries on the back end. That, that front seven, it, uh, they, they get after everyone. It'll be an excellent game, I think, again tonight, going up against Washington, who they be- defeated at the beginning of the season. But uh, definitely on the uh, AFC side, it's, it, the Patriots are there. Uh, you definitely have to believe in them. And it looks like their defense has, has figured some things out. Kyle Van Noy, who a guy I loved coming out of BYU a number of years ago, went to Detroit and now, of course, is with the, the, the Patriots. He was fantastic, snuffing out that fourth down play on the goal line versus the uh, the Falcons last night. And, and, and to that point, you get on the goal line and you're trying that type of razzle-dazzle. Oh, Taylor uh, Gabriel, uh, jet sweep. Yeah, uh, on really? Fourth and one. Uh, you you got to lean on the big boys up front. Hey, you're getting paid. To, to block. You're getting paid to be physical at the point of attack. We're going to at least try to knock these guys off the ball and get one yard and get a touchdown, and they couldn't even do that. Now, no. that play call, I have an issue with. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. I think, I think most people did. It was it – was, anything like that when you're a fan of a team will drive you absolutely nuts because if you get stuffed, it's one – handoff up the middle, whatever, something like that, you're like, okay, well, our offensive line got blown back and credit to the defense for stuffing them, whatever. But when you don't get it on something like that, it's just, it'll drive you mad. And as we don't know what's going on in the NFC, it feels like the AFC is rounding back into shape with the teams that we expected to be there. You've got the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Chiefs at the top of their division, and then more slop in the AFC South, and one of those teams will be able to figure it out. And maybe there'll be a good one at the end of the year, but there's been a lot of inconsistency In that division, once again, the Jaguars are up and down. One week they're great, one week they stink. The Tennessee Titans were just embarrassing yesterday (laughs) at Cleveland. I don't know how you can possibly play that bad at Cleveland. They didn't deserve to win that game. Oof, Cleveland. Um, Oh, gosh. And they they almost won. Yeah. It's unbelievable how bad the Titans play. They sleptwalked through that game. Uh, But you had a big game in the AFC North between the Bengals and the Steelers, two teams that can't stand one another and the Steelers' offense looked damn good. That Steelers' defense are a balanced team. But, of course, more drama after the game once again. So do you remember the Martavis Bryant stuff last week where he requested a trade and then he didn't request a trade and then he did request a trade and then they, all the Steelers in the locker room were laughing about it because the report was 
ridiculous. Well, guess what happens after the game yesterday via the comment section on Martavis Bryant's Instagram? Someone says in his comment section, Juju's better. Now, if you don't know, Juju Smith-Schuster, the rookie wide receiver, he's 20 years old, has had a big role in this offense. Wide open yesterday. Let him by, Sheriff. I know him. He scores a touchdown. So, Martavis writes to the person who says Juju's better. Juju is nowhere near better than me, fool. All they need to do is give me what I want, and Mm -hmm. y'all can have Juju Mm -hmm. and whoever else. Ain't nobody help me get back here but me. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nobody (laughs) love you better. Yeah, that was difficult reading his comments. Oh, man. So you would assume... That y'all give me what you want and y'all could have Juju means that he is indeed requesting a trade. And I'm sorry, but, and he can say anything about, you know, him getting them back and that's great and it was commendable. And we actually turned and said, you know, this guy, he was, he had that interview before the season and, you know, rooting for him and it's a misstep. Maybe he's going to have a great NFL career. The fact that, you know, this team has won back to back games against the Chiefs and the Bengals. They're finally rounded into shape, and they try to. They say that Martavis is going to have a bigger role in the offense this week. It didn't really happen for him. They forced a couple balls to him down the field. But the fact that this guy, in back-to-back weeks, after wins against big AFC opponents, is bitching about a trade demand after getting suspended for 20 games in his young NFL career is a total joke, and the Steelers should get rid of him as soon as humanly possible because I think he's a horrible influence on the rest of that locker room. I said last week when we first broached this topic that he should be thankful that he busted his butt, whether he had no support or he had support, to be back in the league, and you just have to sit there, bide your time. Uh, Yes, they had to move forward and go find another wide receiver. Maybe Juju Smith-Schuster is the future. Who knows? But you need to quit sitting there bitching and moaning and just go continue to work hard, focus on what you can control. I know you only had two targets yesterday. I know you only had three yards, I believe. Uh, and, and on the season, 17 receptions, one touchdown, about 230 receiving yards. But this is not helping. It is not helping whatsoever. Be happy. You're back in that damn huddle. You're getting to do something you love to do. You worked hard to to recover from your missteps. Now you're back there, and, and if you think this is the right route to go, you are wrong, no pun intended. And, and maybe they will fulfill his wishes and, and, and try to trade him. Now when you get somewhere else, are you going to have the same d- demeanor, the same behavior? It's just, just a ridiculous approach by Martavis Bryant. Man, look from where you've come. Look what you were dealing with. You were sitting on your ass watching these guys play. Now you're in uniform, and while you're not gaining as much attention from your quarterback as you would like, you're in the damn huddle, and this is not new. We've seen receivers throughout time that wanted more targets, and you go about it the wrong way, and then to take shots at the rookie who's out there just trying to – find his way in the NFL, that's wrong. He tried to clear that up later and, and saying that Juju has a bright future and all this. It was just too late. You know, the two paces out of the two. Just be quiet, man. And and, and if you do want to trade, go about it quietly. Go to the front office and say, hey, I don't think it's working out for here. Working out here for me. I, I think it's time for me to move on. I don't want to be a distraction. So can you 
assist me in my efforts to do that. But don't go to social media posting all that stuff. You're being so derisive in that locker room. Just bad look on, on his part. What scares me is you know that he's talked to people around him and have expressed his frustrations before he's gone public with it, and there has to have been at least one or two people around him that said, listen, man, you weren't playing last year. Thank you. You're on the field now. You have to look at it that way, and he still hasn't gotten it. And this isn't the first time that he's had an issue with Juju Smith-Schuster and him being there on draft day. Someone tweeted him that that's your replacement. He said, no, that's Wheaton's replacement. Now, he ended up being right about that because they got rid of Wheaton and whatever. But, I mean, he's clearly sensitive about that stuff. Give in to that stuff. To hell with those folks on the periphery who who don't know what's going on inside that facility. You just worry about what you can control. No one was even talking about you because you've been gone. You missed the whole damn season. Now you're back. Yeah. I mean, how do you – I don't understand – why that doesn't resonate? You, you, all you have to do is look back a few months, man. You could even you could practice, but you could even play. And how about in this game, Vontez Perfect, who's got a history oh, with wow. the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the Steelers' first offensive drive, is on his back and then gets up by kicking Roosevelt Nix, the <laughs> fullback in the face mask with both feet. Yeah, bam, kicks on the first <laughs> drive, points. right? Like like it was him. I mean, that guy, now later in the game, I will have to say, later in the game, the two of them had like a, a moment where they, it was the fourth quarter and they ended up hugging it out or whatever. So, like, that's, bad, though. I guess that's progress. I can't control my But feet. this guy is just, is he not, can't get though, right either. He's not, he's got to be the worst. Yeah, he, he and the, just the worst. Grayson Allen from Duke. Yeah. Maybe they're kindred spirits or something. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 if you want to join the show. We've got so much to get to baseball, college football, no, no, no. We'll talk about baseball. more no, NFL. Baseball. Jim Leland joins us in an hour and 20 minutes from now. But right now, if you got some pain, well, listen to Brian. That's right. Here to talk to you again about Relief Factor. Maybe like me, you were a high school superstar athlete. I was. Then I got bad. Or maybe you were a professional athlete. I was that too. Either way, I'll bet you have some aches and pains that are making your life miserable right now. Hard to get out of a chair, hard to golf or play tennis, or even walk up and down the stairs. You don't have to be an athlete to have pain, neck, back, shoulder pain, or hip and knee pain. Even general muscle aches and pain can be a bummer. This is why I'm so happy with Relief Factor. A 100% drug-free way to lower or even eliminate pain sure has worked for me and my pain. I take Relief Factor three or four times a day. Matter of fact, I told the boss man last week, order me some more of that Relief Factor. I need it because I love it. It works for me. It has eliminated pain in so many areas of my body. So here's what I suggest you do. Like tens of thousands of other athletes and non-athletes have already done. Go to relieffactor.com order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. I'm pleased to announce that for all of October, the owners of Relief Factor they're donating $5 of each three-week quick start to children in need. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com Maybe you're skeptical like I was well, I'm not skeptical any longer because I'm out of pain and you will be too. Go to relieffactor.com That's relieffactor.com Talk to Gio and Jones now 855-212 for CBS. Andrew Bogish is here and he is fresh off a national television appearance. Mm-hmm. One that I watched most of. The rest is on DVR. Mm-hmm. And I've got a review. Okay. Uh-oh. I recorded it, but I haven't watched. Shocking. Oh. Yeah, I was there. I watched it live. I actually made sure I was home 
when it was on. Dang. I based my day around watching uh, Andrew Bogus at 4 o'clock. television. I did. I'm blushing. Andrew Burgess. I did. Wow. And I meant to text him that day, but then we had other things, and I was like, you know, I'll just see him on Monday. Um, but he got on that panel on MLB Network with Dan O'Dowd, mm-hmm. some guy I never heard of, Carlos Pena and him. Mm-hmm. And he acted like he was there for the last decade, slid right in, was good, was relaxed, made good points. The guys around him said, to Andrew's point, like he was setting the tone with the topics. There you go. Wasn't nervous at all. As I always say, act like you belong. I tell you, man, I was impressed. That was really good. I even kissed a makeup woman. Uh, (laughs) I I went with you to the nth degree. Andrew Burgess. I'm going to be Brian. There you go. Yep. It worked, didn't it? it? Well, we'll see. (laughs) So how did you, I mean, really, how did you feel when you left there? Were you happy, relaxed? You're going through the weekend like I did it? Or, oh, man, I shouldn't have said this or done that? Um, I mean, I, I never liked the way... I perform. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Did you watch it when you went home? No, I watched one. I, they they sent me a clip to have. I asked for a particular segment, um, and I watched a little bit of it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not the best judge of me, but I had a really good time. I thought I was going to, like, throw up or fall off my chair in the yeah. first segment. <laughs> uh, but I was telling you in the break, like, we were just in the room kind of BSing about nonsense, and all of a sudden the show just started. Right. So it, like, saved me from sitting there and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And... I don't, I've not to get too far into like, I don't, I'm not a big TV guy, like staring there, looking at the camera, fake smiling. That's just not the way I don't look feel at comfortable. the camera. Talk well, to the Well, that's what. It was a regular show yeah. that just happened to be on TV. So right. it kind of fit my, it, I avoided my TV um, paranoia. Anybody else see it? We know Brian didn't. did not yeah. see it. You guys watched, watch missed it. You didn't see it, Mike. Did Mike, oh, you were on a trip, on right? Mike's grandma right. apparently is a big fan of MLB Network. Really? So yeah, I'm waiting for her show. feedback. Wow. Yeah, I called her on my drive. She's like, yeah, I watch that show every day. So uh, I'll get her uh, review for that's you later. All, that's that's awesome. cool. Pete, did you watch your buddy? Yes, he was very good. All right, good. Very collected Pete. and um, had good points and new stuff. All right. Very good. Look at Pete. You even got a positive Pete. I have a dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> need we, to go in there more often. Yeah, seriously. Cheer him up. Uh, all right, Bogish. Well, uh, good back, for you. Back to reality yeah. now. While is... negotiations continue, that will be network. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, so, so no more episodes. I mean, or nothing, appearances. I should say nothing confirmed. But uh, they were asking me about when I'm available for the off season. So we'll see what happens. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you got yeah. me for now. So um, <laughs> be nice. Uh, you mentioned this briefly back to top of the show. How about those fighting Anthony Lins? Eckler in the backfield. Looking left. Underneath. Travis Benjamin with the catch. First down and then some. 30. 25. Right sideline. One man to beat. Five. Touchdown, Chargers. Knock on wood. <laughs> Travis Benjamin with his second score of the day. I don't I don't know what that means. Uh, I, I heard there are other two touchdowns. He didn't say it, so maybe yeah. that has some contextual yeah. reference maybe at that it's moment. Uh, no flags. I have no idea. Uh, That's Matt Money Smith on Chargers Radio. Money uh, Smith. Oh, that's oh. Petros and Money. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Benj- Travis Benjamin also had a 65-yard punt return touchdown. The Chargers winning in beautiful Carson, California for the first time. 21-0 over the Broncos. They've won three straight overall. Denver, meanwhile, shut out for the first time since November of 92. Trevor Simeon picked off once and sacked five times. The Patriots smothered the Falcons in Foxborough on Sunday Night Football, 23-7. Atlanta's lone touchdown coming with 4.09 to go. Two touchdown passes from Tom Brady. Ezekiel Elliott with 147 yards and two scores on the ground, plus 
A 72-yard TD reception as the Cowboys steamrolled the Niners 40-10. Dallas safety Jeff Heath had a kick after (laughs) Dan Bailey injured his groin the first half. He had two of three PATs, becoming the first non-kicker to make multiple extra points in the same game since current Packers GM Ted Thompson was an Oilers linebacker in 1980. Now, I paid no attention to this game. Why didn't the punter kick? Isn't that that was a question. A, that yeah. was a question of the game. He wasn't qualified. Uh, yeah, I what? guess not. I no. know that was the first thing I thought yeah. of. I guess he couldn't do it, and no. they felt better with this guy had more experience. Yeah, because he kicked off too. Right. right. Well, the the first one, <clears throat> the first extra point banged off the yeah. upright, and then the That's second the way he one planned it. Man. Right. The yeah. second one was just a total mess, like just an <laughs> absolute <laughs> joke. So uh, the Seahawks down the Giants twenty four seven. New Orleans a twenty six seventeen win in Green Bay. Jacksonville blanked Indy twenty seven nothing, getting ten sacks for the second time this season, and the Steelers handled the Bengals 29-14, delighting head coach Mike Tomlin. As the game wore on, we made the necessary plays, really in all three phases, and so tip of the cap to the guys in the locker room. Uh, They understood the significance of a good performance today, and they delivered it. The Bengals had just 19 yards in the second half. Off the injury report, Cardinals QB Carson Palmer could miss the rest of the season for breaking his left arm in a 33-0 loss to the Rams in London. Dolphins QB Jake Cutler may have broken a rib in a 31-28 victory over the Jets. Cutler very much in downward Thursday night in Baltimore. And Browns left tackle Joe Thomas may have suffered a season-ending torn triceps. He had played 10,363 straight snaps since being the third pick in 2007. The Timberwolves stealing a 115-113 win at OKC last night on a long buzzer-beating three from Andrew Wiggins. Carl Anthony Towns set the screen that got Wiggins free. And then said this. We've always found ways to win. And, you know, regardless, whatever it may be, you know, we always find oh, someone's always hitting a game-winning shot. So uh, that's one great positive we've had through this whole offseason is finding ways to win. I don't know what he's talking about. They won only 31 games last yeah. year. Yeah. And w- what did they win in the offseason with buzzer-beating shots? Practice. The summer league? They practice it. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. That, that's a guy who just wants that interview to be over. He's <laughs> thinking about something yes, else, right. right? You know, he's thinking about what he's going to eat, like where his, his girl is. Maybe he's foreshadowing. He's Maybe like, there are more hey, to come. Yeah, we always do that. We just always, you know, uh, you know we practice it. Awesome. Uh, the Dodgers will use the same rotation for the World Series as they did for the NLCS. We already knew Clayton Kershaw would get game one tomorrow night. Then it's Alex Wood in game two. You Darvish and Rich Hill Friday and Saturday in Houston, Astros bench coach Alex Cora is officially the Red Sox new skipper. Cleveland pitching coach Mickey Calloway, reportedly the next Mets manager. And Notre Dame's in the AP College Football Top 10 for the first time this season, number 9. After pasting USC Saturday night, the top eight teams unchanged from a week ago, including Alabama again, a unanimous number one. Boys? All right, Bogus, thanks. Yeah. 855-2124-CBS. Tweet Bogus if you watched MLB <laughs> Now or live and... Let him know what you thought about his performance. It's at Andrew Bogus or something like that. Uh, Charlie's in Pennsylvania on CBS Sports Radio. What's happening, Charlie? Oh, it's I've had better days, but uh, I want to know from you all what you think about uh, Cleveland Browns versus the Atlanta Falcons. Which team is more under the torture chamber today? Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, the, Fal- the Falcons probably just because the Browns, this is a recurring theme like yeah. it's every single year. The, the, um, the, 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 yeah. the Browns are used to this. Uh, they, they live in the pit of misery. And, and why is you having a terrible day, Charlie? Yeah. Is it sports related or something worse? No, I mean, I'm a Falcons fan. I live in western Pennsylvania with all these Steelers fans. But oh, yeah. I had to watch that nonsense last night. But 
I thought of a couple of memes for uh, for Falcons fans. One was, I think there was a time when a coach was asked, what do you think of the execution of your players? Yeah. And he said, I'm in favor of it. I'm all for it. John, the, the great John McKay, former USC and Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach. Yeah, I forgot who. Um, thank you for reminding yeah. me who that was, but I think that's appropriate tonight. I mean, the Falcons just, except for Julio Jones' catch in the very end of the game, I mean, they managed to make themselves even look worse than last February. They ran and, into a, a nasty defense, a defense for Matt Patricia. Is put your seatbelt on, Charlie. Yeah, Jeez, come on, man. Be careful. Hopefully he was getting out of the car. Yeah. Uh, 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 they ran into a defense that was fired up, and uh, they came out and played like the defenses of the past, like that defense that played in the second half that didn't allow Atlanta to score in the Super Bowl. Uh, so uh, they're finding their legs on that side of the ball are, are the, uh, the Patriots and – with all this offensive firepower, it's amazing that Matt Ryan, as uh, as well a player, as good a player as he is, the reigning MVP, cannot get the ball to those guys. And they had no running game to speak of. That's another thing. And, and as a quarterback that likes to sit back there and, 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 and you know, fire the ball around, you would love that. Hey, this is great. I get to just sit back here and, and, and pick this defense apart. But he couldn't do it. Yeah, and I think that it goes beyond just this Patriots defense figuring everything out because we've seen them stall against two teams, and the Bills' defense isn't bad, and the Dolphins is not one of the worst in the league either. But True. but they're at home, and it didn't matter. I mean, they were like matchup proof last year at home. Mm-hmm. No matter who they played, they were putting up big numbers. So uh, this is a bigger problem, and as far as his original question – yeah, the Browns are a complete mess, and it's it's now just fuel to the fire with this Deshaun Kaiser story. Um, but and Joe Thomas goes out his consecutive uh, snap streak. That's a tough thing to say. Consecutive snap streak uh, is goes by the wayside, and it just was like a sad day for them. Yeah. But this is what the fall is for the Browns every single year. <laughs> I mean, the Falcons should be running away with their division and heading back to another Super Bowl where the Browns, I mean, if they had won two games by this point, would have been happy. Yeah, did you see the tweet from Rich Gannon Sunday about the the, the Browns? Uh, they are baseball guys picking football players. Yeah. Well, they had problems before uh, Sasha Brown and his crew showed up with their Sashi version. Sashi Brown. Sashi Brown yeah. and, and, and his crew showed up with their version of analytics. Uh, so they were still mired in futility before they got the baseball players in there with their philosophy and way of doing things. More on that pathetic situation. Sashi, excuse me. Yeah, not Sasha. Sashi Brown. Sasha Brown somewhere? Probably. Okay. I'm sure there's many maybe of them. Maybe I know a Sasha. Maybe you do. Yes, maybe that's your past we're talking ah. about and not the Browns. Hey. Present. We've hit a lot of game-winning shots in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but coming, <laughs> coming up next, we're going to talk some college football. What a day we had on Saturday. Started off sucking. There's nothing like a great overtime game and an exciting oh, finish. Oh, shut up. It really, I was glued oh, yeah. to the television. It was nothing like that, man. I tell you, the team's got an opportunity to win. Guy throws a pick. I'm going to glue you oh, to something right now. there's nothing better than that in we sports. We got some of that Gorilla Glue. <laughs> We're coming right back. This is L.A. Chargers head coach Anthony Land, and you're listening to G.O. and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Well, I didn't have great logic when I picked USC. It was just one of those gut games. <laughs> and uh, although my gut is large. You had great logic. It was very wrong. 
Uh, so, no, my logic just was that because it's Notre Dame and now everybody's pumping them up that they're going to lose. That was my, that was my only logic. There was no breaking it down because I, this I, team, I, after watching what they did to USC, yeah. I'm an idiot. Well, no one was pumping them up. They were anticipating if they were able to run through the second half of the season with they were all getting pumped up. the big names on that schedule, uh, they definitely would be in the playoff. That was it. And uh, I thought they would win because of the running game, but I thought they'd have difficulty, but they had none. Oh, my goodness. And that offensive line, they are gigantic. Yep. They look the Gigantic. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many NFL players are going to have on that when it's all said and done, but poof. And then you add Josh Adams to that. I mean, it's Alabama-esque, well, right. that running game. And, and I, I, I said this Saturday, I, I thought the fact that they had lost to that fast physical defensive line of Georgia, that was going to help them throughout the rest of this season. They've seen what one of the best in college football defensively can do. And if you don't learn from that, that's your fault. You, 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 you only rush for 55 yards versus Georgia. Everyone else, you've just plowed – through, including USC. Now, USC had some guys hurt. They had some freshmen on that defensive line. They had their best nose tackle, uh, you know, it was banged up. It, so they, they had some attrition there. But still, I didn't expect all the turnovers, even though uh, Darno has had issues yeah, with mean, the ball. What is going on? I mean, right I, off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like he understands it's a football, right? I mean, it's not like some sort of thing that's like 400 degrees. You know you have to protect this, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I mean, and I I really liked that guy and, and was, was all over him and, and maybe still upset, end, ends up being a great NFL quarterback, but he should – if the season ended right now, he needs to come back. He needs yeah, to come I, back. I would to agree school. with that. And, and then I, I thought Wimbush coming back after sitting out the UNC game two weeks ago, coming back, I thought he had to become a better passer. And, and their first touchdown, what is it? Pass to St. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown. So uh, he availed himself pretty nicely. The running game was there. And, and a, a, just an incredible win by Notre Dame. And now it, it, it continues to get tougher with, with NC State coming Yeah, in. it definitely does. And I think that the scariest part about that Notre Dame offense is you know the running game is going to be there now, and Wimbush is getting better. Mm-hmm. And, and if he continues to improve and he can run and he can throw the way that he does, that's going to be a really, really tough offense to stop. And it's also going to be a tough team to come back on. Like if they get up on you, they're just going to push you and lean yeah. on you and – uh, that's a it's a very very good team. So now what will happen is now that I'm on Notre Dame. Oh, don't do it. Now they will. Don't do it. I mean, how could you not don't be after do that it. game? What am I supposed to do? Look at that game and say it was a fluke. It take, was not. It, it was a fluke, man. It take was NC, not a fluke. Take NC State. Man, they were good. All right, uh, Penn State. Uh, <laughs> Saquon Barkley is going to win the Heisman unless something <laughs> weird happens that's unexpected. I mean, this guy. The way he runs is so unique to me. Now, bow-legged and 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 cleans over 500, 600 pounds. The guy has a great foundation he, in terms of his legs. Right, and the, the, the way that he could stop on a dime, mm-hmm. and and then also when he gets going in the open field, he almost like tilts a little bit forward to uh, to get that extra velocity. It's, it's amazing uh, watching that guy, and 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 um, Michigan's just no match. Because they're just not they're no not offense. yeah they're not good enough offensively. Yeah. I mean they they can't do it a damn thing and their defense defense can only do so much to keep them in the game. And when you got a star player like that, there's just it was 
It was only a matter of time before you, that, that game got out of hand that it did. Yeah, and I didn't see this blowout coming either. We have this sports line we use on, on the Tuesday Inside College Football Show. I think they said they had Penn State by 16. Like you got to be kidding me. The game's going to be closer than that. And, and we, we chuckled when James Franklin said in his press conference last Monday that uh, this is one of the most – we have one of the most uh, potent offenses in college football. Well, it looked like it. Uh, the other night, I thought Trace McSorley would have to use his legs. He did. Uh, he he was excellent in this ball game. Uh, Barkley w- was tremendous in the way Joe, uh, Joe Moorhead, the offensive coordinator, moves him around. Uh, he just he has a great feel for for his firepower on that side of the ball, and he gets Barkley out in space. You get him with, out there with a linebacker, and he just blows by the linebacker, and he's juggling the ball at the dropped uh, a catch. He juggles it and, and, and finally secures it in the end zone. He can do it all. Uh, he, he is a tremendous running back. This 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 uh, Heisman race is definitely tightening, and, and you know Mayfield is still in there with his heroics in the, the game there in Little Manhattan versus Kansas State and, and Bryce Love. Uh, of course, and, and Barkley, phenomenal. But Penn State's defense doesn't get enough credit. Going into that ball game, they were only allowing nine, ten points a game, and and you see why because they're ferocious and they have all those seniors back there on that in the, in the secondary, a couple at the, at the linebacker position. But coming up this week, it'll be a difficult. I don't know which way I'm leaning, and uh, as far as Ohio State and Penn State, but yeah. that was an incredible environment and a, a hell of a win for Penn State. They got some revenge. Yeah, James Franklin was really feeling himself after the game. I mean, he was doing this whole bit. I don't know if you saw the interview on the field after the game, but he's doing this whole thing like, you know, we're going to enjoy this for one hour. He goes, what time is it? And they're like, oh, it's about uh, 10, whatever, 50-something, 11. It's like one hour we'll uh, we'll enjoy this. And then who we play next week? Like he started doing this whole thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like who I don't know who we're playing, but we'll get after it. Like, like James, man. Just, I like Coach Frank. I, lo- I, I really, really like him, but be careful. Just yeah. be careful, all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that karma, G. Yeah, don't that get, karma get you. He knows who they're don't playing. Don't be peacocking too much, <laughs> Jimmy. That's his way. He, he was doing the same thing when he was at Vanderbilt. I so. know. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're a jerk. Oh, I tell you, that's going to be mm. something. If if, uh, if the big fellow over there next door on FAN Francesa heard that James Franklin postgame interview, he'll get on him again. There's no, you're a jerk. There's no doubt about it. Well, good. But he, he can do him. it right now. He can yeah. do it. Nobody can say anything to him. All right, now, and what a finish, man, to Oklahoma State, Texas. Oh, shut Just up. an amazing, oh, I mean, edge of your seat type stuff. <laughs> Just beautiful football. And, of course, we had, everybody had that as a 13-10 game, right? Everybody. <laughs> right. Everybody uh, had that. Of course. I mean, Sure geez. they did. What was the line on that? Uh, it was seven. Yeah. It was Oklahoma State minus seven, and right. I took Oklahoma State. Of course, I lost that pick, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost almost every pick well, this week. <laughs> I, I thought that I, I, there was no way that this Texas defense, the way they've been allowing receivers to run free and tight ends, Mark Andrews, Oklahoma, uh, two weeks ago, no way that uh, they were going to be able to shut down James Washington, Jalen McCleskey, uh, Auden Tate, well, not, not Auden Tate, that's uh, Florida State, but uh, Aitman. Uh, Marcel Aitman. Uh, there's no way they're going to shut these guys down. And they, they got did. after Mason Rudolph. They shut those cats down. Jalen McCleskey dropped a sure touchdown uh, there in the middle of the field. I tweeted at his dad because his pops played with me in New Orleans. And and uh, there's no way you taught him to do that. Uh, but uh, it was uh, a phenomenal performance by the Texas defense. Where the hell did that come from? And where has it been? You know, we, we've seen some some – Snippets of that from time to time, but uh, the fact that they covered up all these guys, other than one McCleskey McCleskey dropped, 
Uh, but offensively, it can't be all Ellinger. And it was, once again, as far as the running game. And Dan, just – and I've, I said this a couple weeks ago. Yes, he's the guy. He should be the starter. But he's a freshman. He's going to make freshman mistakes. And that was a freshman mistake. That's a disgusting there. throw. In, in, in overtime. Just throw it away. If you're going to throw it away, throw it away. Ugh, so bad. Oh, I don't know bad. what throw was worse, that one or the Josh McCown throw. In the oh. fourth quarter of Chet's Dolphins, both those throws are like are lingering. Back to back this weeks Monday, a lingering stench yeah. on Monday. Those two throws, I'll tell you which was just worse. atrocious. Uh, Ellinger's. Well, yeah, they were both really, really no, bad Ellinger. and terrible spots. Yeah. I mean, just big. Both cost them games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, naturally. But and Tom Herman said, "I don't know when we're going to be able to break through," and I thought this was going to be it. I, I, I mean, there's no moral victories, especially no. in a place like Texas, no. but. Uh, I didn't think he needed to be that like, crestfallen. Yes, he did. You oh. had the game. You were right there. You shut down a team. It's a that work comes in progress. Top ten team. Work in progress. My ass. It's been a work in progress. progress the Texas has been it. so bad. Oh, I don't care. That is work in so progress. So bad. My they got ass. a little step. Baby yeah, steps. No baby damn steps. Baby steps, Three man. Four. You'll get there at some yeah, point, whatever. but baby steps should have been there Saturday. Yeah, they should've, weren't though. They played played a good game against a good team. Take that defense. You put it in your back pocket. Go right. You We're know. taking baby steps. We'll get there. Whatever. We'll get there one day. Ugh. The past glory that we yeah. once yeah, yeah. we'll you realize hang, it you, once you, again. You hang on to that. <laughs> That's what Tennessee's hanging on to right now. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Jimbo Fisher got in an altercation with a fan. Did you call it that? Just a back and forth? Um, okay. Verbal a, altercation? A, a, back, okay. a back and forth mm. with a Come fan. Come down here and say that. Yeah. So as he's leaving the field, someone is yelling at him mm-hmm. uh, as he's going into the tunnel, new coaches, new coaches. <laughs> so he stops and he looks up into the crowd and starts yelling back. Mm-hmm. Now, after the game in his post-game news conference, he addressed this and he uh, he said that you know we you get frustrated and he wants the fans to to stick by the team. No, not frustration. Just hey, don't just be a f- support. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to be nasty. I shouldn't have said something. So just Biff support. <laughs> Listen, uh, he was frustrated. That's why he said, "Bring your ass down here and say it to my face." He was frustrated, and nothing wrong with being frustrated. He should be frustrated. You, you talk about. Uh, not playing well defensively, and I know you're taking on Lamar Jackson, who's the Heisman Trophy winner, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, but still, they, they gave that game away. Uh, James Blackman getting sacked there and fumbling and, and allowing Louisville to, to recover and, 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 and ultimately kick the game-winning field goal. Yes, he was frustrated. They haven't been this bad, I think, since Bobby Bowden's first year or, or next, and, and then his last year, 09, 08, something like that. And let's listen to more Jimbo here because uh, we love listening to Jimbo. Yes, we do. Are you going to be a loyal fan or not? Just keep fighting with us. We ain't quitting on you. Please don't quit on us. We're going to keep fighting, scratching, coaching, playing. And you see the heart and desire of those kids. And understand something. What if that's your kid? If that was one of your kids or your nephew or your cousin or your friend, keep supporting them. Right. Uh, well, that, see that's that. Yeah, Jimbo, listen, it's I, not I'm off the train at that point. <laughs> it's not right. my kid. It's not right. my kid. Yeah, it's not go. my nephew. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. All right, I'm into it. I want to see him win. Just don't get. And that I, stuff. I, I think that was uh, wrongheaded for the fan. Get new coaches. Maybe for our offensive line. Yeah, because Coach Trickett, as much as he's been heralded, uh, he hasn't done anything with this old line the last few years. So definitely, you need to find a, a, a new approach there. 
but you know, aside from that, to say get new coaches, nah, I'm not down with that. Yeah, but I mean, like it's drunk, probably fans True. screaming at a yeah. coach. Like I mean, and he, not was, and he wasn't try to try to stop that in the yeah, future, exactly. right? You know what I'm saying? You, like ear, your time. earmuffs, Jimbo, go into the tunnel, work on trying to get in a win. How about that? As opposed to stopping and arguing with you know balloon head. Yeah. That rap boys got to Alabama, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah right. That rap boys, it worked. We didn't even get to that. But guess what? Lines are open. We'll tell you how to talk to one of the greatest men in college football. I'm just the trying to be The expert analyst, Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 